Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. Today I have a prophetic pronouncement from heaven. The system of flesh is becoming weaker and weaker. Saul has been removed. Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit is referencing the account in 2 Samuel when it shares how there was a decline of King Saul and the rise of his successor, David. Now let's take a look at the scripture. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And I'm going to read God's word translation of the scripture. And it reads, as the war between the royal families of Saul and David dragged on, David's family became stronger and stronger and Saul's family became weaker and weaker. Did you hear that? Another scripture that speaks of the same situation is found in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 27 and 28. And I'm going to read you the NIV version of the scripture. Now, before I read it, let me give you a little background on this scripture. This is when Samuel had given Saul an assignment, a very detailed and distinct and specific assignment that the Lord had told Samuel to give to Saul. And after Saul completed the assignment, this is the encounter that he and Samuel had together when Samuel went to talk to Saul about how he had completed the assignment. Again, it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and it's verses 27 through 28. And I'm going to read you the NIV version of the scripture. And it reads, as Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe and tore it. Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. Did you hear that? After King Saul had completed the assignment God had given him that Samuel had told him about, Samuel went back to discuss it with him. And he heard, some of you may remember this, this account, it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 15. When Samuel came into the camp, he heard animals bleeping. He heard a lot of activities and he asked Saul about the assignment. And why did he still hear those things when Samuel had clearly told Saul to destroy everything of the Amalekites, but he had not. So after that encounter, what I just read you, the first encounter when Samuel first came in and explained to Saul that he had not completed the assignment properly. As he was leaving, Saul took hold of the hem of Samuel's robe and he tore it. And so Samuel told him at that time that God had torn the kingdom from him. Now in Daniel chapter 2 verse 21, and I'm going to read the New Living Translation of the scripture. It reads, he controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. Did you hear that? First, I read to you about what was happening when Saul was removed from king. And after that encounter that Saul and Samuel had together, Samuel went and he anointed David as king. In this scripture in the book of Daniel, 
It speaks about how God is the one who controls the course of world events, everything that happens. He controls it and he removes kings and he sets up kings. In other words, he removes certain leaders and he sets up other leaders. In our case, he would move certain presidents and set up other presidents and other king kingdoms that they have monarchs. He'll move, remove one monarch and set up another monarch. But in any event, this is important because God wants us to know today from his prophetic announcement, when he said the system of flesh is becoming weaker and weaker, he's letting us know that the systems of this world that we see are getting weaker and weaker. And God's system, his system of governing will get stronger and stronger. And that's what we're going to see in the future because God is the one who sets up certain leaders and pull other leaders down. Now, David, in this account, he was actually anointed 13 years. It was over 13 years before he was actually on the throne after he was anointed. What am I saying? Sometimes someone can be in a position, yet they not be the authentic recognized ruler. And that's what happened in the case of Saul and David. Saul was initially king. God had chosen him to be king. But when he took the kingdom from him and he gave it to David, Saul was still serving as king, but David was recognized. And that's why when I read to you before that David, his family line, his house became stronger and stronger and Saul's family line became weaker and weaker, even though Saul was still on the throne. God wants us to know, regardless of the situation we're in, when he has spoken, that he's going to change a situation. He's going to change a person from a position, remove a person and put someone else in. He will do that, though it may appear at the time, nothing is changing. So remember that David was anointed. And it was about 13 years before he actually ascended to the throne. Saul was still there, but you could see the difference. Today's episode of Phyllis's New Creation is why am I in the room? I'm speaking now to God's ecclesia, God's government. You're in the room in your position of authority because the Holy Spirit placed you there. Now, the Holy Spirit gave me this topic today. Why am I in the room? Because he wants me to share with everyone under the sound of my voice who is a part of the government of God, who's a part of the household of faith, who believes in the Lord Jesus, that this is a time that he's going to place us in circles of authority that we may have never experienced before. And in many cases, we're going to wonder, why am I in the room? Am I equipped to be here? I don't have the credentials of everyone who's sitting here in this room. Many of them have PhDs. I only have a master's. Many of them have master's and PhDs. I didn't finish high school. But God wants you to know he's the one that placed you in that room. He's the one that assigned you in that room. You're in the room in your position of authority because the Holy Spirit placed you there. And as I was listening to an author by the name of Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Boltz, B-O-L-Z. And he made a statement that really resonated with me. 
as it relates to what I'm sharing with you today. He made a statement. He said, we are in those spaces without having regard for our own opinions. Did you hear that? God would place us in positions, in circles of leadership, people who are leaders, people who are world leaders in many instances, people who are leaders in your local, your local city, town, state, or even nation. He would place you in those areas, in those rooms. He puts you there. First of all, you have an assignment. And as Sean Bolt says, we don't have regard of our opinion, for our own opinion. He added, he said, I know I can't fix humanity. He said, I asked God, what would you want me to say or do? And then he follows the Holy Spirit's instructions. Talking about why am I in the room? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, verse 21, and I'm going to read the NIV version of the scripture. It reads, and this is the scripture that the Holy Spirit gave me. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Did you hear me? When you're in a setting that you feel that you don't belong in, when you're in a setting that you feel uncomfortable, you feel that others are better equipped than you are, better educated than you are, better connected than you are, but you know that you're there because of God, you will hear a voice behind you that says, this is the way walking. I'm not saying you're sitting there and you start hearing voices. No, what the scripture means is that whether you turn to the left or to the right, whatever you get ready to do in that room, the Holy Spirit himself will instruct you what you are to do. This is the way. In this case, it's not just walking someplace to know. No, you're sitting in the room. He will let you know when to keep quiet, when to be silent and when to speak. This is the way. In other words, he will guide you and then you follow his instruction. Walking, it means follow his instruction, follow his lead, say what he tells you to say. Be silent when he tells you to be silent. Take notes when he tells you to take notes. We're in a time, a different age that God is, is calling his ecclesia, his governing body, his people to higher levels of influence. Talking about why am I in the room? And since you will be facing those high level of influence, you must be prepared and make sure that you hear God. He will give you instructions before you get there. He will give you instructions while you're there. And when you leave, the, the key to it and what you should keep in mind is that God has assigned you there. And you're on assignment and he would show you what to do. This is the way and then walk in it. See. Our sovereign Lord, he has his plan for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, the King James Version of the scripture, it reads, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Did you hear that? God has plans for you. He's thinking about you all the time. He's thinking about all of us all the time. And he already has a plan before the foundation of the world. And he's going to give us that expected end. I look up the word expected or expect in this case. And I looked it up in the King James Version Dictionary. Expect, E-X-P-E-C-T. It's broken down. It's a verb. It means expecto, E-X-P-E-C-T-O. 
EX is the first part of it, and S-P-E-C-T-O. It means to look, that is to reach forward, or to fix your eyes, and to wait for. So an expected end is that we're to fix our eyes on him for the end that's coming, to reach forward to that end, and to fix our eyes on and to wait for that expected end. Talking about why am I in the room? See, we were created, human beings, a little lower than the angels. And in some accounts of the scripture, it says a little lower than God himself, Elohim, a little lower than God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And so we were created a little lower than the angels. And we are speaking spirits like God. And we have the power to declare the word of God over any circumstance we're in. And expect, because it will happen, to transform it to the will of God. Did you hear me? It doesn't matter what circumstance you're facing in your life. What your children are facing, what your spouse is facing, what your siblings are facing, your friends, co-workers, etc. This nation, it doesn't matter what we're facing. If we decree and declare the word of God. It is indeed so, because remember, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Talking about why am I in the room? David, while he was pondering how God cherishes mankind, how God sees us, and he was he was pondering this, thinking about this in Psalm chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. And I'm going to read you the passion version of the scripture. And it reads, why would you bother with puny mortal man or care about human beings? Yet what honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim, crowned with glory and magnificence. You have delegated to them rulership over all you have made with everything under their authority, placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. Did you hear that? David was speaking of how God himself, who is good, whose mercy endures forever. He created us a little lower than him, Elohim in this particular translation. And then not only did he create us in his image, we're bearing his image, but he also gave us dominion. And he crowned us with his glory, his magnificence. And so everything that we face, any assignment that God gives us and places us in a particular position, we are representing him and his kingdom. God created us to be his ambassadors on the earth. And so since we're his ambassadors on the earth, we are to represent his kingdom and we're to represent the spirit of God. When we walk in, we have to remember that God is love. And so whatever circle he places us in, The love of God is what we should be exhibiting. His love should be on display. Loving kindness, grace, mercy. And it doesn't matter who's in the room. It doesn't matter what setting you're in. That's God's expectation. And that's why he sends us to the places that he sends us to. Talking about why am I in the room? If you just remember that we're God's ambassadors, we're his representatives. It will be as if he's in the room. And so if you're talking to a CEO, 
If you're talking to Elon Musk, even the most wealthy man in the world, and you have 30 minutes to speak with him, what would you say? The first thing you should do is to ask God before you get there. Why am I in the room? What is it that you would have me to share? Am I there to listen? Why am I there? And as I spoke to you earlier, you're not there just to give your opinion. God has a reason for you to be there. As Sean Bolt says, we're not there in those spaces by having God for, having regard for our own opinion. We're there because God placed us there. And he has a purpose for us to be meeting face to face with those individuals. Talking about why am I in the room? Jesus spoke. When he gave us the Great Commission, he spoke to us what our assignment is. And he made sure that it would be clear to all of us our main purpose for being here to carry out what we call the Great Commission. And the Great Commission can be found in Matthew chapter 28. And I'm going to read you verses 18 and 19. And I'm going to read the New King James Version of the Scripture. It reads, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Did you hear that? Jesus has all authority. He's speaking to his disciples right before he's to ascend into heaven. So he says to them, All authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. And he goes on to say, Go therefore and make disciples. Of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's what Jesus said. He said that to his disciples. On the day that he was departing that day, and he's speaking to us. We're to go and to make disciples of all nations. And Jesus is not limiting that to those who he's anointed to be preachers. See, when we proclaim this, this morning in this message, I started off by giving a prophetic pronouncement from heaven. That's proclaiming. What heaven has said. So when Jesus is saying in the Great Commission, he he is calling us whatever sphere of influence we're in. Let's say that you're in the media, you're in the media and you are a reporter for a local newspaper. When you go and you are reporting, you report unto the Lord. You're making disciples of them by they're seeing how you do your work, the level of excellence, integrity, one who is bearing the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, temperance, self-control. They see that in you in how you live and every time they come in contact with you, every time you're writing a story for them, every time you go and you report something, you're doing it as unto the Lord and they know there's something different. That's what Jesus means. When you go out and you're baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit by your actions. If you are a minister, of course, it's physical baptism. But Jesus is saying to all of us, regardless of what you are doing, I've mentioned this before and God keeps bringing this back. Whatever God has called you to do, 
whether that's a homemaker, whether you are a student, whether you're an advocate, whether you are a physician, it doesn't matter your walk of life. You are to disciple people, to tell them about the Lord, because God is going to open up a door for you while you are teaching. If you are a teacher, while you're instructing, instructing a teacher is the same, instructing someone. You may, you may work for emergency management or, or you may have to give, give someone some type of an emergency treatment or something. You can be a paramedic of someone in that field. Whatever field you're in, God will always open the door for you to tell them about him. A disciple is a student. So Jesus is saying through the Great Commission, we take the Great Commission and we use it to teach us how to move in that which God has given us to do in a way that will be pleasing to him. And he says, lo, he will be with us always, even to the end of the age. You know what the end of the age is? An age is the length of time a person has lived or a thing has existed. So he's saying he will be with us through the end of time talking about why am I in the room? I want to speak to those people who heard this message and they never thought about why they're in the room, why they're in certain circles. Why are they in, in, why has it been, their life has been where they've been always finding themselves in places of leadership or places of people that they feel as if they don't know how in the world they make that connection. They don't know how in the world they got there, but they know they're there. Or those of you who may have got a, recently have gotten a promotion of some sort, but you don't know God. And you know this day, you didn't hear this message by happenstance. God wants you to take whatever it is that he has blessed you with. Remember, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in which there's no shadow of turning. So whether you are a believer in the Lord Jesus or you're not, Every good gift, every good thing that happens comes from him. He reigns on the just and unjust. When he said the rain comes down, when it rains and you need an umbrella, it rains whether you believe in God, you got you have to keep from being wet, or you don't believe in God, you got to keep from being wet one way or the other. So if you're that person, you know God is speaking to you, and he wants you to come to him so that he can teach you how to align everything in your life with him. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know I heard this message because you wanted me to hear this today. And now I know why I am where I am. Thank you for calling me to you this day and giving me an opportunity to be a part of your kingdom. Thank you for Jesus' death on the cross and he was raised from the dead. And I know, God, that if I ask him, he will forgive me of my sins. And I'm asking him today, please, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want to be a part of your family. Thank you for forgiving me. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for Phyllis is a New Creation. And remember, Phyllis is a New Creation exists so that you will know how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. Today's message, why am I in the room? Was a message that the Holy Spirit wanted each and every one of us to take and meditate on and come to him so that we would know why we are where we are. You can find Phyllis's New Creation in Google Podcasts. Just search for Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, apostrophe S, A new, A-N-E-W, creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. And don't forget to put the word podcast during your search. I also want to remind everyone to when you go up to Google Podcasts, you can subscribe 
to Phyllis is a new creation each week. And that way it'll come into your feed. And whenever it publishes, it'll pop in and you won't have to be concerned about anyone sending it to you or you searching for it. And even if you go this week on your own, hit subscribe so you can become a subscriber and you can get it on a regular basis every Thursday when it comes out. Also, for those of you who like to sew into Phyllis's new creation, I have two ways that you can do so. One way is through a cash app. And my cash app is dollar sign P-A-N-E-W-C. Again, that's dollar sign P-A-N-E-W-C. One more time, dollar sign P-A-N-E-W-C. And for those of you who like to send a check or write, you may write me at Phyllis's A New Creation, 4846 North University Drive, Suite 237, Lauder Hill, L-A-U-D-E-R-H-I-L-L, Florida, 33351. Again, that's Phyllis's A New Creation, 4846 North University Drive, Suite 237, Lauder Hill, Florida, 33351. And for those of you who like to just have a question to send a quick note, you may reach me at Phyllis, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S-A-N-C at gmail.com. Again, that's Phyllis, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S-A-N-C at gmail.com. Heavenly Father, in everything we give thanks, because this is your will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. We thank you for this day. And God, I thank you especially for those who you drew today, Holy Spirit, to your kingdom and who are now members of your kingdom. I pray, God, that you will send each and every one of them to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that will disciple them so that they can sup with the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus with them. Amen. Have a wonderful day.